welcome to Coffee Podcast. I'm Ali. I'm Emma. And each episode, we pick a short story to listen to while we drink our morning coffee. Today, it's Emma's turn. To drink coffee? And pick a story. <laughs> to do all these it's things. It's always Emma's turn to drink coffee. Um, yes. Are you going on your Blend 43? Look, I thought I'd give it a change. So... Yes, I, I stuck with Blend 43. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having what I'm going to call an iced piccolo latte, even though it's just a cold piccolo latte that used to be hot. <laughs> Does that really count as iced? I think if you just shift your attitude about it, it's oh, fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Say so it's cold. You're right. Ice. Yeah. It's my fault <laughs> for not thinking about it correctly. <laughs> I apologize. So it's my turn today, and I've picked an interesting one. I hope you like it. I really love it. I'm excited. So it's Angela Meyer's To and From Your House, which is in an anthology, Flashing the Square, and it's read by Eleni Schumacher. Let's have a listen. Beware if you're on a bus. <laughs> tram. I think it's a tram. Is it? It's not a suburb I know well. Butchers and bakers and a shop that sells wool. All closed at this hour. The suburb feels remote, but the sky has that tourmaline glow. Day for night. Just a lamp on in your living room and the pink-orange streetlights seeping in. My chest, too, feels a glow. You've never invited me so late. We watch a crime show on TV. I think about that so much. Undressing the dead, you say. I never have before, but now I do. It has to be someone's job to peel or snip away a dress, sleeves, a pair of grey underpants. We remove each other's clothes with a new quiet after that. The outside is both pinker and greener when I go early to get ready for work. The people on the tram smell like dust. Well, I picked that one because it's creepy and morbid <laughs> and life-affirming, which is how I like most of my content. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> if there could be a genre that was the Emma genre, I think that would be it. <laughs> Got it. Um, Did you like it? I do like it. And I. it's another one of the ones that just kind of confuses me because mm. I, I know I like it, but I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. Well, there's so many reasons. I, I really love so many things about this story it's definitely creepy and it l brings in death into it in a very strange way via the crime show and lacing that onto their interactions but then the writing is also beautiful and it's got so much yeah. so much color in it i think like i like that notion of you know just exploring these places at new times and 
new ways, you know, of talking about kind of never being in this area so late before Mm. and things like that. And I think there can be these really interesting differences to going to places at times when you never would normally go there or, or from directions you would never normally go, even though it's the same place, it can feel so completely new. Mm. And then it was just so weird. I don't know. They went into (laughs) uncharted territory, I feel. Yeah. And that matched her because she'd never been in that place so late before. Yes. He'd never asked her to come over so late before. So it was this new slice of their relationship, sort of like building a new kind of intimacy or something. Like there was an element of newness about it. Well, and the the fact that it's written in... um, as like addressing the person mm. involved mm-hmm. using, you know, you and going to and from your house, you invited me over. Mm. Also makes it very interesting that there is obviously something about this experience that the characters trying to convey to the audience of this experience of, of doing this with them. I, mm. I found that really interesting because you don't see that pronoun i guess get used in in literature very yeah, often the second usually, person. you know aimed it but having it as like a, almost like a letter mm. i found it really interesting it almost i think he speaks once but it almost apart from that he seems quite mythic like is yes. she dating a ghost or it or death or it seems like it could have that magic realist quality about it yeah, it's for being effectively kind of addressed to him. It seems so confusing that he only really gets mentioned once. Because mm. even the next section, it's just, you know, oh, we took our clothes off and and then I left in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And his whole place in the story is, is no more than maybe like two, three sentences. Yeah. And yet this whole story is written for him. I think they write the effect of him really well. Yeah. Like, he himself is not written about, but the effect that he has on her is the whole story. Like, the whole story is this series of effects that she's experiencing because of him. Like, the glow in her heart and, you know, the fluttering of her voice a bit and how he triggers her to think about something she's never thought about before (laughs) a very interesting thought that is yeah that was (laughs) morbid i I don't know and then like do you think that's what she's implied to be thinking about when she's on the tram the next morning yeah the dust comment really interested me i think The way that I read it was she's in this kind of new relationship dynamic. She's obviously enthralled by this person. Her heart is aglow. And then they have this brush against death where they almost interact with each other like dead bodies. That's what I read into it. It was like they undressed each other like they were dead. And it would have given them a kind of reverence for life. Do you know what I mean? 
yeah (laughs) because in the show yes but it's it's still i don't know it's dark i think it's quite dark it's quite dark yeah yeah it is (laughs) and then the but the next day with her descriptions of the world was more pink more green more alive i think one thing it very much reminded me of was like there's a way i go home every day like i travel the same way every Mm. single day and one day for no particular reason i had to travel the other way so Mm. it was the same streets it was the same everything but normally i never go that way that Mm. direction and it felt completely new Mm. and different Mm -hmm. even though it was just walking on the other side of the street yeah and those descriptions that she gives at the beginning and at the at the end reminded me a lot of that feeling of of kind of experiencing these places as completely new yeah just by something as simple as changing the side of the street you're walking on mm-hmm. and i don't know and and so i keep trying to think like but then to be these interesting brackets around what triggers that experience her experience just with him at the crime show yeah. that was so odd yeah it is. It kind of yeah. that experience exists in this strange twilight zone and then she goes out into the real world and I feel like everything's shifted a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, that's going to happen anyway if you really like a guy and then you're <laughs> I feel. But the death element really Yeah. It's interesting. It is. It is. I I found it so dark. Oh I also felt the contrast between, as you were saying, like the two bookends and then the experience in the middle is almost marked by when they say a new quiet, like they undressed each other with a new quiet. Yeah. And I think that's what's feeding into the journey home and how you're saying it was kind of like, like your journey home in reverse, but there was this new quiet and new strangeness about this journey that she would have done before. Yeah. And that came into the writing. Because I felt in the beginning her thoughts and feelings were a bit louder. Like maybe she was a bit nervous or maybe there was a bit a bit more description, a bit more like, oh, what's this? What's that? What's going to happen? But at the end there's this quietness about her. Yeah, you can definitely sense a lot more anticipation mm. in the first half. Mm which has sort of just changed into kind of a contentment, relaxed tone by the end of the story. Mm. And, uh, you know, like you've been using the word morbid for it. And the bit that I found the most morbid was that line right at the end. Yeah. About the people smelling like dust that I was like, that's creepy. Yes. (laughs) Why do they? I I was trying to figure out why do they smell like dust? Is it because she's just had this incredibly affirming experience, and then the rest of the world just seems like stale and crumbling because she feels so alive inside? Like I wonder if that glow that she had when she went there just inflamed, and then you know she's feeling so much more alive and vibrant in comparison to everyone else. But to call people dust is very intense. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it's sort of like to me, it was kind of bringing that that thinking of of death and of interacting with death into your regular life interactions that mm. she's coming out and is is thinking about the death on these people like you know like mm. how Maybe close they it. are to death yeah you know? how much longer they've got <laughs> like that could be it maybe because she feels like she's brushed up against death the night before that she's now reading death into everyone around her maybe she feels like dust i don't know yeah i don't know like it was it would it's definitely the line that will stick with me the longest mm. that you know, next time I go to Melbourne and just am on a tram, I feel like it'll come into my mind of just like, what do the people smell like right yeah. now? <laughs> I mean, I feel like in popular culture, there's even a lot of images of um, dead people on buses. Have you noticed that? Like what? Six, yeah. <clears throat> like Sixth Sense. He's on the oh, bus and sees yeah. a dead body. I think there's also a Will Smith movie or something. And then everyone on the bus is like a corpse or a zombie or I feel I like know. this is a proper thing. Is it like a, like a big movie trope that like dead people... Dead people in buses. Dead people like public transport. Yeah. I mean, someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's a really good place to go. Now, if you could let us know what you think <laughs> <laughs> on the Facebook group. Why are they dust? Do you think it's an overused trope in movies? To have, un- I'm going to go with undead because yeah, I feel like exactly. saying dead is like, I don't know, unfair to the dead people somehow. So <laughs> undead on public transport, do they have to pay for tickets? <laughs> Does anybody know? Can you imagine a haunted bus? Like what if there was one person that just kept there like must, pressing the, the, the there must There must be a haunted bus. Always takes up the courtesy seats. <laughs> like, there's not a chance there's not. <laughs> I don't even believe in ghosts. And I'm like, there's going to be a haunted It bus. has to be a thing. It's probably our line. That's why it never shows up. It's just been like t- taken over. I remember, okay, I never caught a bus till a few years ago and reading something about like ghost buses. And I was like, oh, this sounds exciting and different and real. And then it was like, oh, it's just the bus that doesn't show up. And I was like, oh. So, like, that's n- our bus. <laughs> it's not as exciting as I thought it was. <laughs> it's not a real ghost bus. Mm. It's just a cancelled service. <laughs> uh, like <So> Halloween? <laughs> it's only ghost buses? Yeah, exactly. No. No. They're just cancelled services. There's nothing to believe in anymore. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, I hope everyone else feels life affirmed. Yeah. (laughs) Dusty. So that was Angela Meyer's To and From Your House, which is in the anthology Flashing the Square, which you can find at the Spineless Wonders website, shortaustralianstories.com.au. Which is also where you can find this podcast or on iTunes or Android subscribers. We are supported by the Australia Council of the Arts. Stay caffeinated. Stay caffeinated.